0: start a new series that we're calling The Devil's Details. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the devil. We're going to be talking about where he came from. Um, We're going to to look at how to to fight back against him. Now, please know that over the next few weeks, my intention is not for this to be a sermonary class on demonology. I will not cover everything. Number one, I don't have that much time. You wouldn't want to be here that long, and that was actually two. Number three, as I'm (laughs) I'm not that smart, right? Apparently, I couldn't even count to three. So I'm not going to cover everything. There's a lot more on, on this subject. But I do want to talk for a few weeks, not so that we can just talk about the devil and talk about Satan, but so that we can expose him for the lying, cheating, death-bringing scoundrel that he is, and we can overcome him and receive all that God has for us. And so that's my goal over the next few few weeks, and so what I've noticed is that no matter where you come from, even if you would not consider yourself a Christ follower this morning, there's a lot of misconceptions about this subject. As Christians, especially, have a lot of misconceptions about this subject, and we've some of us, we've, we've tried to borrow ideas from other cultures and even other religions, and so we've kind of formulated this hodgepodge of theology around this topic, and so I want us to to get some clarification on that, because one of the things I've, I've noticed talking with, with people, especially in the church, that have been in the church a little while, is that a lot of people fall into one of two camps. On one side, you um, completely almost deny that Satan even exists, you think it's a myth that Jesus, everything's roses and butterflies, that Jesus is just going to let, make things happen perfect for you all the time. And so I'm not, if, kind of like a five-year-old, if you ignore him, he'll go away. And then there's another camp where literally people see a demon behind everything. There's a booger behind every bush. You've heard that, you've heard that phrase, where everything that happens to you is the, an attack of Satan. Can I just say that when you stump your toe in the middle of the night walking to the bathroom, that is not Satan. That's you needing to remember where the dresser is. (laughs) Or when you swipe your credit card and it gets declined, I don't think that's Satan. I think you didn't pay your bill. And so what we sometimes do is sometimes we either give Satan way too much credit or we don't give him any credit for being the lying, cheating, scoundrel that he is. And we don't uh, admit that he has any power in the world. So today... I want us to try to kind of center our focus in between those two, those two ideas. So why talk about this? Why, why talk about this subject now? Well, honestly, in no time, I believe, have people had a more desire to answer the spiritual question than they do now. I mean, it's true that people are leaving the church post-COVID, most churches, not us, thank you Jesus, and thanks to y'all for inviting people, most churches are shrinking. What COVID did is it sped up the exodus of the church, because people all of a sudden had an excuse, they had a reason, they got out of the routine, and so most churches are declining. But most people are still interested in spiritual things. They're still trying to answer the spiritual question. That's why, like, Netflix series are built around spiritual things. I looked at a survey in 2018 and it was a general social survey and it said that 88% of people identified as at least of being somewhat spiritual. That doesn't mean that they belong to a religion. It doesn't mean that They have a church affiliation. It doesn't mean that they're Buddhist, Hindu, Christian. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it does mean is that 88% of people that they surveyed said, I am trying to answer a spiritual question because I do think there's something deeper at work here. I do think there's something beyond myself. And so they're turning to different places trying to answer this spiritual question. That's why you're seeing arise a, a things like crystals and cards. And people are just trying to find an answer to what is this deeper meaning that I feel inside but I can't quite see. Even if you're not a believer in Jesus and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I would bet if you're honest with yourself, you would, th- you would say that, yeah, I, I just feel like there's something beyond what I see. So people are still interested in spiritual matters and why there's a lot of questions surrounding it. We have the ultimate truth on the subject. We have the ultimate truth of spiritual matters, eternity, and, and everything that it surrounds it. We have the ultimate truth. And so I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna talk about that. The truth is, is that we live in a physical world But there is a spiritual world beyond what we can see. There's a spiritual world, and there is a spiritual battle that is raging all of the time for your soul, beyond what you can see. Not for your soul, because the devil can't get your soul, but for your good, for your serenity, for your happiness. There is a battle that's raging. The Bible says that there's this continuous battle in in the spiritual realm beyond what you can see, and the battle is on for you good versus evil, angels versus demons. The battle is raging. And furthermore, the Bible also says that everything that is found in the physical is first created in the spiritual. So the spiritual world matters. The Bible makes it clear that there's two different types of spirits. There's two different types of spirits, regardless of what you've heard, regardless of what you've believed, regardless of what we've borrowed from other cultures. There's two types of spirits. There's angels and There's demons. There's good and there's evil. Angels are created beings. They're created by God as angels. They're nothing previously reincarnated, nothing like that. They are angels that are created by God to give worship to him and to do his bidding on earth. They don't have a halo. They don't have a white dress, robe, none of that stuff. As a matter of fact, the Bible gives them more of a picture of being a warrior than a, a girly man with a robe on. But there's angels, and then there's, there's demons. Demons are basically the reverse of, of angels. They do Satan's bidding on earth. They don't have a pitchfork. Satan doesn't have a pitchfork with some horns, it, but they do Satan's bidding on earth. And so there's this battle for your mind. There's this battle for your good. There's this battle for your sanity that rages around you all of the time, And there is nothing that Satan despises more than a growing follower of Jesus. And so that's why, just to make you feel better, that's why you can come to church today and you can be determined that you are going to spend time with God this week. And no joke, your child will wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning so that you don't get that time. That's that's why you can be determined that you're going to start coming to church, but something changes on a dime every Sunday and it's hard to make it to church because there's nothing that Satan despises more. There's nothing that wakes hell up more than a follower of Jesus who is seeking after God's heart. And so that's why we tell new believers, if you're looking for an easier life, Jesus ain't the answer. He's not going to make things easy. As a matter of fact, they will probably get harder because all of a sudden hell has taken attention of you because you're not on its side anymore. So things do get difficult, but a relationship with Jesus makes them hopeful, right? It gives you victory in the midst of the hardships. You don't face the hardships without any hope because of a relationship with Jesus. And there's nothing that hell and Satan hate worse than a believer who is trying and struggling and fighting well. And so he will rise up against you. You've felt the devil's work in your life, haven't you? you ever had that, have you ever had that sickness that's ravaged your home for weeks and it doesn't seem to stop and you can't figure out where it came from? Have you ever tried to decide that you're going to put God first in your finances and then the washer breaks the next week? Have you ever felt God's or Satan's work in your life? Have you ever been depressed for no reason? Have you have have you ever been determined that you're going to break some sort of sin cycle in your life and sure enough the second you pick up the blue chip or the second you decide i'm going to do better something happens that triggers it all over again satan is at work in the life of a believer we have a real enemy in fact ephesians six twelve says this it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. In other words, the things that you often fight with other people about and the battles that you sometimes don't understand why you have to fight are bigger battles than you can imagine. You don't fight against the person beside you. You fight against spiritual forces that happen and surround you in the spiritual realm. So today, I want us to expo- expose Satan, where he came from, how he works, so that we can be better equipped to counteract him. Today, I want to talk from the subject of a rise to fall, a rise to fall. And I am grateful that that very sentence indicates the future of Satan himself. That even though he rises up against us, and even though he rises to prominence in our world today, what he's really doing is he is setting himself up for a fall because Jesus defeats him in the end. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he can try to rob you of your destiny, but he is, his destiny is the fiery lake in the end. He cannot take your destiny, but he will try to rob you of your present. Arise to fall. If you're a note taker today, you might be in heaven because you're going to be able to take a lot of notes. You ready? There's actually two places that tell the story of how Satan came about. One is Isaiah 14, the other is Ezekiel 28, and that's what I want to look at today. Both of those passages speak in terms and talk about an evil king of Tyre. And so it's speaking about an evil king, but as you're going to see in just a moment, it becomes very clear that it's not talking about an evil king, but it's talking about a spiritual force behind every evil king, every evil person, every evil thing on earth. Y'all ready? Let's dive in. Ezekiel 28, starting in verse 11. says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, lament for the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the Lord God says. You are the seal of, protect, of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every kind of precious stone covered you. Carnelian, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, something I can't pronounce, turquoise, and emerald. Your mountings and settings were crafted in gold. They were prepared on the day you were created. You were an anointed guardian cherub. That part is important because a cherub is a type of angel, so it clearly indicates this isn't talking about a human. It says, for I had appointed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. From the day you were created, you were blameless in your ways until wickedness was found in you. So Satan started out in a good place. He's an angel. He was created from a good place until as we see, something's going to happen that causes it not to be good anymore. But he starts out as good. And isn't that how the devil often works in the life of culture and in the life of people. He'll take something that's good and spin it to take you off course, won't he? Take, for instance, relationships. Relationships are created by God so that you and I wouldn't have to do life alone. But what happens, oftentimes when we feel lonely, we go to relationships that we should never go to. Hello, a little too close? Take sex, for instance created by God for a good purpose. But what have we done? What has Satan done to it? He has twisted it and made it something evil rather than something that God has for us that's good. Satan will take things that are good. He'll blur the lines and he will turn them for evil because that's where he came from. He started out as good, as an angel, as a cherub, in fact. A cherub, their their job was to surround the throne of God and provide worship to God. That was their job. We do see them in scripture occasionally interacting in the physical world, in, human, in the human world, but their primary job was to provide worship to God. He was He was a cherub. He was like right front and center on the front row worshiping God. He was in his place until he decided he didn't want to be in his place anymore. And one of the places we see a cherub angel is in Genesis, Genesis 3, where they're actually sent to guard the Garden of Eden. Do y'all remember that story? Adam and Eve took the fruit and God said, I'm going to send an angel to guard this, this garden. The angels that he sent to guard were cherub. How? Not funny, But how perverted is it of Satan that his purpose was supposed to be to provide worship to God and would have been to guard the Garden of Eden, but instead he stepped outside of his purpose and where he was supposed to guard the Garden of Eden, he brought evil into the world through the Garden of Eden. He'll try to get you to abandon your purpose too. Satan is is really good at trying to convince you, that what you're doing isn't worth it. That what you're doing isn't really making a difference anyway, mom, you're fighting, you're tired, you go to work, you're trying to bring them to church, you're trying to teach them godly values, you're you're, you're trying your best but you feel like you're doing it all alone and there are times where you wonder if I just quit doing it my life would be so much easier. Who do you think is trying to convince you of that? Because it's Satan, because he's been doing it from the beginning, he'll try to get you to abandon your purpose. Father, husband, it's hard being a godly man in today's culture. It's hard being a decent man in today's culture. And he will try to convince you that it's not worth it. It would be easier if you didn't even try. Don't abandon your purpose. It is part of his game that he plays with you because that was the game that, that he played. So he's, he's an angel, he's a cherub, and his na- angel name was one you may have heard of, Lucifer, which means star of the morning. But it, it didn't stay like that. Look at verse 16. It says, through the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I expelled you in disgrace from the mountain of God and banished you. Guardian cherub from the, among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud because of your beauty. For the sake of your splendor, you corrupted your wisdom. So I threw you down to the ground. I made you a spectacle, spectacle before kings. So everything is going good. He's an angel on the front row of the worship service in heaven until pride gets the best of him. All of a sudden, one day, he looks up and he thinks, you know, I should really share this throne with you, God. I'm tired of being down here. I, 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 think, I, I think I deserve a little more. So God, can, can, I, can, I get some, can I get some of your worship? He is doing good until pride gets the best of him. Did you know that pride is still the source of a lot of your sin issues in your life? Pride is a lot of the source of issues in our world. It's, a, it, it's, it's the source of a lot of issues in my life. It comes back to pride. Maybe at one point, you were doing pretty good and then you started thinking, I deserve a break. So you went. You went to that thing. You went to that bottle. All because you felt like you deserved a break. Or maybe, maybe you felt like everybody at work was getting theirs. And you said, gummit, I'm a hard worker. I deserve to get mine too. I'm tired of trying to do this the right way. I deserve more. And so you started cheating. You started lying. You started checking out a little early. You started trying to get, get a little more money. You tried to manipulate things. And it's pride. Pride is the source of a lot of broken marriages. It's the source of a lot of destroyed churches. And it's his oldest trick in the book. In fact, oftentimes in the, in, in the church, we talk about Adam and Eve being the original sin. Really, this, this was the original sin. It was the pride of Satan. And so it starts with pride, and he decides, I deserve some of this worship. I deserve to sit on that throne with you, God. And so what does... What does God do? Kicks him. Shouldn't have done that. I did that first service. My hammy was feeling pretty good till then. But He kicks. God kicks Satan out of heaven. He says, "I can't. I. I, I can't be like that because that. That's not what I'm about. I'm about relationship, and this isn't what's best for you. But it's certainly not." what's best for the people that I'm going to create because I, 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 need, I need relationship with them. And so God kicks him out of heaven, which begs the question, let's be honest. If God's all-powerful, all-knowing, then why did he let this happen? Makes sense, right? I'm glad you asked. You see, humans are created with free will. Means we get to choose. Means we get to choose good. We get to choose bad. We get to choose. Do I want pizza or do I want buffalo wings or do I want both? That's the right choice, by the way. I feel like that's from God. But we get we get to choose because he's because he's given us us free will. Angels get to choose as well. Now, not to get too deep on you, but. Angels don't have a sin nature like we do. Adam and Eve, we, we, born, we, we are born bent towards being sinful. That's why you don't have to tell a child to be selfish. They're just selfish. Can I get an amen? So angels don't have that, but they, they still have free will. They have the ability to choose what they're going to do, to choose if they're going to obey or not. Why do they have to have the ability to choose? Because love and relationship can exist outside of choice. If my wife was told, you have no choice but to love Jonathan, is that real love? No, the only way love and relationship can exist is with choice. And so God had to give Satan the choice. He had to give the angels the choice. Which way are you going to choose? And so the devil gets kicked out of heaven and he gets a new name, Satan, which means adversary. Sin and pride were the thing that separated Satan from God. It's still the thing that separates us from God. Our sin, our, our ability to miss the mark, our ability to choose the wrong thing, our ability to, to not be perfect is the very thing that separates us from God, just like it separated Satan and got him kicked out of heaven. But as we talk about Satan here, can we just take a little side note And thank God that he is gracious and loving and kind to us to end the division and to cover our sins so that we can be reunited with God. Can we just thank God for a moment that he has power over death, power over evil, power over the things that hold you down. And he is gracious and loving enough to give you right standing with him again. It's only by the grace of Jesus. You can't do enough. You can't make enough good choices. You can't clean up your life enough. It's only by the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus that you get to boldly approach the throne of God. So Satan gets kicked out. And at this point, he rallies a third of the angels in heaven. And they fall as well, which by the way isn't that still how Satan kind of works it's through other people like he tries to he tries to work through people to get you to get you to feel the pull to go over to one side to go over to the, to the bad side. you ever feel that i had a I heard a preacher once say, "If God wants to bless you, he'll put somebody in your life. If Satan wants to curse you, he'll put somebody in your life and so Satan rallies a third of these angels, they fall. That's where we get demons. And the demon's job is to do the bidding, to do the work of, of Satan. The Bible calls Satan the God of this world. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Why do you sometimes feel confused and why do you sometimes feel like this earth has nothing that can truly satisfy you? Why do you feel like no matter how good your life is, there's something missing? It's because you don't belong here and it's because Satan is the God of this world. As you look at culture today, can't you see the truth to that? Like, I don't care what news outlet you turn on. Can't you see the evidence that something's wrong? And that evil exists and that people serve evil. In the last couple of weeks, how many mass shootings have we had in our country? Why? Because it's evil. Because Satan is running rampant and people are allowing him to. The racism you see in our country today that we still see, why is it running rampant? Because Satan is the God of this world. Why is the family unit in America falling apart? Because Satan is the God of this world. Why is absolute truth being smeared and we're starting to say what's right for me is right for me. What's wrong for you is wrong for you. I get to choose whatever I want to be. Why is that happening? Because Satan is the God of this world. But I have some good news. Look at me. Look look at Revelation 29. And we're going to talk more about this as the series goes on. So y'all hold on. But i got to give you this picture of the end, okay? Speaking of Satan's attacks on God's people, it says they came up across the breadth of the earth and and surrounded the encampment of the saints, the beloved city. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed them. This is what the Enduring Word commentary, which, by the way, is a free online commentary if you just Google Enduring Word. It's really good. But this is what it says. I love what it says. I I wrote it down quote for quote because I didn't want to screw it up. It says, we shouldn't even call this a final battle. Because there is no battle. The fight is over before it begins. At this point, God finally deals with the devil and his followers forever. So all that I have talked about, yes, please, come on. Y'all get ready to clap again. Because all that I have talked about, this entire Ezekiel 28 passage, the beginning of Satan, the beginning of of demons. All that I have talked about today, it is only an attempt to rob you of what's now. It can never affect your eternity, your destiny, or your salvation. When you fight against the evil powers of the spiritual world, you do not fight for victory, believer in Jesus, you fight from victory. You put your foot down and you say, "I have victory because of my Savior." And you can try to distract, you can try to disrupt, you can try to rob me, but you will not kill me. Because this, Revelation 20, is your destiny. And if we walk away today, and all you've heard is a sermon about the devil, we have missed the mark. Because he is real, he is after you, he is after your children, he is after what's best for you, he is after you. But if you have a relationship with Jesus today, he will not win there's no way it's over we'll talk more about that next week come back so how do we how do we wage war how do we battle in 2022 once again we'll talk more about this in the next come in the next couple of weeks but i just want to give you a few a few things number one is fully submit to jesus fully submit to jesus and I, I'm talking about those of you that never have, that have never confessed that I'm a sinner, believe that Jesus is the answer, and decided to follow him. I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to the fringe believer. The person who's accepted Christ and thinks about him on occasion, but isn't surrendered to what he wants and what's best. Because... You're living a life that doesn't look like the life of Jesus. You have Jesus, and there's no doubt about that, but you're living a life that doesn't look like the life of Jesus, and then you wonder why Satan's running rampant in your life. Fully surrender to Jesus. The second thing, allow God to lead you. The Bible makes it clear that when you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells within within you. He seals you until the Bible says the day of redemption, but he also leads you. That's why you feel like that sometimes when you know you're, you're going off course and you kind of feel that thing inside of you and you, you know it's wrong. You know you should correct. You know you should do something. That's, that's, that's Holy Spirit. He's trying, to, he's trying to tell you something. He's the one who corrects. He's the one who, who convicts, not condemns. He's the one who, con- who convicts you, who, who teaches you. You have to fully surrender to that spirit. You're not gonna be perfect. I'm not saying that. He doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he expects you to be submitted. He expects you to allow Holy Spirit to lead you. And the third thing is love others. The disarming thing for Satan is when he sees the love of Christ portrayed through people. And we don't get this today. Everybody is out for what they want and what they think they need. We don't don't grasp this concept, but what happens when you love someone that's hard to love? Don't look at the person beside you. What happens when you love people that are hard to love? What happens when you love people and you know they they don't love you back? It disarms the power of Satan in your life because he looks at you and he sees Jesus because Jesus Loves those who don't love him. And so he looks at you and he sees Jesus and it disarms him. Love other people, please. And then the last thing is, let Satan know who you really are. Sometimes you got to tell him. Sometimes when you're feeling all kind of ways and you don't know why, Sometimes when you have seen through the plot of the enemy, sometimes you have to put your foot down and you have to tell him, I am not yours. Leave me alone. I am a follower of Jesus. You have no power. Let him know. And we'll talk about that more later in the series. But sometimes you've got to tell him aloud. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people under the sound of my voice today who have never experienced the victory over the dark powers of the the world because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the only answer, I'm sorry. He's the only way to defeat death. He's the only way to gain that friendship with God again, but it's so easy and He loves you so much. Satan has tried to distract you from seeing that for so long. You're here today and you don't, you didn't even really want to be here and it's because he's been distracting you but today you have heard the truth. You have heard that he has been pursuing you and chasing after you since you were born and today's the day for you to surrender to him. If you want to do that just say, Jesus, I surrender. I'm tired of feeling like this. I know I've sinned. I know I've missed the mark. and I've messed up. I confess that. But I believe that you came and you lived a perfect life. You died and you rose for me. So I put my trust in you. I'm going to follow you. I want you to be the boss of my life. I want you to be the king of my life. I don't even know what that looks like, but I'm going to find out. Jesus, thank you for loving me in spite of... The things that I do. God, I'm so thankful for victory. God, I know there's people who are listening to me right now who are tired of fighting. God, sometimes it even feels like he's winning, Satan's winning. God, I pray that we would continue to fight and we would fight well. God, renew our spirits. Renew our desire to fight. God, I speak over every person who is starting to go the way of giving up and falling, following the way that the devil wants them to live. God, I just, I pray that they would, they would see you. That they would know that even though that might feel better in the moment, that it leads to destruction because that's all Satan has for. Jesus, we thank you, we love you, we thank you for victory. God, I thank you for the honor and the privilege to teach your word. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're going to tell each person what they need to hear. God, we love you, we thank you for our church, we thank you for victory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.